And welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley, as always, with you on this Monday evening. So much to talk about. College football, NFL, we got some MLB free agent signings to report on as well, and the likes of it, if time permits. We have some NHL tidbits and possibly some college hoops in the early season as well. Some big-time invitationals in the early going of the college basketball season have come and gone. We can talk about what is the after-effects of those possibly towards the later parts of hour number two. But as always, thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, we so, so much appreciate it. Uh, but, Mitch, let's get right into the nitty-gritty here. Uh, let's take a deep dive into the NFL, and it's nowhere else to start uh, but what was Thanksgiving Day. Three games, one at uh, one at 12.30, I was going to say noon, one at 12.30, one just after four, and the nightcap between the Niners and the Seahawks. We're going to break down all three of those games because I think there's a lot to talk about uh, with all three of those. Key playoff implications for a three, actually, Many teams. I mean, five of the six teams. Yeah, five. Well, you yeah, can even include Washington. Not. They're four and eight. They're the same as the Giants. They're done. Yeah, but they could have been five and seven, right? So that that might be the nail in their coffin. They could have, but nobody was expecting them to be. The no, Cowboys. no, they were. No, I was not. I mean, so. that defense is an atrocity. Yep, it's not good, and they, you know, they sold at the deadline, so they understand where they're at with their franchise, exactly. which I, which I acknowledge. Exactly. Hey, as you a know what? Thing. You know what? We do have to respect that because yeah. teams like the Bears don't know where they're at. Yeah. The Bears are awful, and they traded for Montez Sweat and give him a ludicrous contract extension. So, Luda. you know, at least <laughs> at least Washington knows where they're at, and they can sell off some pieces for a return. I think that was a pretty good impression, by the way. Yeah. I've heard worse. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, yeah, so let's start with, let's just go in order here. Let's go NFC North showdown. Let's go Packers, Lions, and in a surprise, the Packers, I mean, the final score was fairly close, two possessions, but not as close as it Packers handed it to the Lions on national TV, and I was watching with a bunch of family. My one uncle said, "You know, I feel so bad for the Lions. You know, he he's, he's an Eagles fan. He goes, I know that we need them to lose, but I feel bad for them. They for years have just the worst team in football. They can't do anything right, and the one year it's all coming together, and they're going to get embarrassed on national TV uh, on a holiday. Sucks for Lions fans, but oh my goodness." Credit to their division rival Packers for shutting them down. Goff couldn't get anything going with this offense. They scored on, was it their first or second drive, and then got, I think, blanked the rest of the first half. It was like 23-6 to at halftime. And um, my goodness, Green Bay's passing attack was, was going all over them. They were able to run the ball uh, well enough, I'd say. And, I mean, their defense was the star of the show, though. The Packers' defense held this, uh, you know, Potentially high octane at times, uh, Lions offense to to very little, um, and they they couldn't get it any any sort of traction all day. That's sort of the wide scope. Jack, what did you see? Uh, what matchups? What what allowed the the Packers to pull off this upset here? The fact that the Lions defense has been the worst defense statistically in the NFL since Week Seven is what allowed them to pull off this upset. I am slamming the panic button on the Detroit Lions right now. Jared Goff has looked significantly worse over these past couple weeks than he looked in the earlier portions of the season. Defensively, the Lions don't have an identity. It feels like they're mixing and matching linebackers each each play. I mean, the first play of the game should have been a big panic alone. I mean, that deep post over the middle of the field to Christian Watson, you have a deep safety that's covering the middle of the field who's standing there looking like he doesn't know his assignment. Christian Watson's the only receiver far down the field. That's your assignment. Be able to go back and cover that guy as almost the center fielder, if you will, uh, as the deep safety. 
defensively, the Detroit Lions look lost right now. Looks like they have no idea what they're doing. Offensively, I'm a little bit worried. Again, like I mentioned, Goff has not looked consistently good. I mean, there's some drives where he looks decent, but again, they were playing from behind. They had to throw the football. Goff didn't look great in this one. The Packers, you have to credit them. Great game plan showed up, but man, I'm worried about the Lions right now. I'm not sure what their what their record's going to be looking like. I think this division is still up for the gra- uh, still up for grabs. I said it. I said it weeks ago that Minnesota was still in the hunt, and um, yeah, I'm also worried about the Lions as well. I think they're a playoff team. I don't know if they're a division winner. I, feel I said it. I said it. They're a playoff team, but they will be a first round exit. I'm going to stand by that take. They're very, very reminiscent of the Vikings from a year ago. Could be. I so here's the problem. I think the Magic's run out a little bit, right? Jared Goff was playing out of his mind for a little while. He's come back to what he thought he was. You know, just an average quarterback in L.A. He wasn't the main piece of that trade. There's a reason that uh, didn't Detroit also uh, give away? Uh, Detroit got two first rounders from L.A. Uh, in that trade, right? Because Stafford was the better quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff is not all that good. And the the defense, they were making big plays, right? Opening night in Kansas City, they're making all sorts of sacks on Mahomes. They're getting the turnovers. It's looking great for the Lions. Those turnovers are not happening uh, anymore. Instead, they're turning the ball over. I think Goff had a fumble in this one. Uh, I believe another receiver or running back also fumbled. Uh, this was a while ago, and I, you know, it was the middle of Thanksgiving. But they turned the ball over a couple times, and also uh, they tried a fake punt. Right? I'll keep drawing comparisons to that opening night Lions team. Teams change throughout the season, right? We talk about it all the time. That fake punt was kind of one of the big plays that got them the win in Kansas City. This this time they came up short. It wasn't effective. Green Bay snuffed it out. Credit to the Green Bay special teams, right? So the the Lions they're not getting those big plays on defense where it, they do enough to keep the game in check and allow. Jared Goff to, to go do what he does. He's not doing what he has been doing, and and the uh, the special teams is not uh, as effective for the Lions. Those those really electrifying plays, you know, where everyone's like, that's why Dan Campbell's so good, right? We're not seeing those results anymore. And also, also Dan Campbell with a horrific fake fake punt call that's on their I'm own saying. side yeah. of the field. I mean. It has worked in the past, but if you're going to go for it there, keep your darn offense out on the field. Have your confidence in the guys. I, I Fourth and five, you're running a fake punt. I believe it was a fourth and five. It, and yeah, it I think it was like fourth up. and four, three. Actually, it was, yeah, it might have been fourth and three. It was very similar to what they did in Kansas City, fourth and three on their own 17. And everyone praised him for getting it in that in that situation. This is the other side of that coin, right? This is the other side of that big risk mentality. Exactly. Uh, and you know what? I respect him for in the postgame saying, hey, uh, I made a mistake there. I put my guys in a bad spot. That's all on me. That's exactly what you should do as a coach. I respect that out of Dan Campbell. I think the Lions are still an organization that's new to the landscape of being a contender, and they're still trying to work through ways of figuring out how to fully win games. Uh, but I don't think that's fair. I don't think he stands up there and takes all the credit in the world when it when he's doing the same thing from his own side of the field, right? Four to three. Fakes a punt against Kansas City and it works. I don't think that's fair. That was also putting your guys in a bad spot. It just happened to work. Well, no, you can you can time out a fake punt in a spot where you might be able to see a vulnerability. I think there was just the wrong spot. He was just trying to get a jump, and it didn't work. Hmm. But again, I don't. I think know. both I were could bad calls. I think both were bad calls. It just finally showed itself here. So the Lions in an ugly, ugly loss. Where do they go from here, Jack? What do you think could fix this? I don't know what they could do defensively, man. It it is it is bad. I mean, it is bad. You have Cam Sutton, your big free agent signing as a defensive back. They also signed CJ. Uh, what uh, CJ GJ? Yeah, CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, CJ Gardner Johnson. I think so, he's hurt. He's hurt though. Yeah, I was I was just trying to make sure I 
uh, got that. You get the letters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, I, I, but he's hurt. Yeah, he's I hurt. Just run through that. So, CJGJ. I'm talking about Cam Sutton though. Uh, he's getting cooked by Malik Heath, a guy that nobody knew before this weekend. Never heard of him. I, I was like, who is this guy catching the football? Is, is this uh, Randall Cobb back with the Packers at number 18? I'm like, no, it's Malik Heath, a guy me and many others have not heard of before this weekend, and he was cooking one of the Lions' best free agent acquisitions. It is, it is alarming. It is a spot where I look and say, wow, I am very nervous if I'm a Lions fan on the defensive front. Offensively, yeah. I think you can re-piece the puzzle together and get things figured out. A they lot still of got talent. playmakers on offense. Yeah, they have Amon Ra, they have Gibbs, Montgomery, they have a lot of guys there, and Laporta as well. You can't forget him. No, he's great. You're going to have to get Goff, though. You're going to have to get him right so that you can get into these shootouts and win. But defensively, it's a nightmare. It yeah, because... absolutely a nightmare. Defensively, like, the Lions had just all sorts of problems. They were allowing the deep passes. They were allowing the short underneath to the running backs, right? A.J. Dillon had a bunch of catches this week. Um, they were just allowing... Everything they weren't pressuring Jordan Love. They were bad fundamental defense. No, no fundamental defense. Uh, bad tackling, bad coverage, bad run defense. It was bad everything. It was an absolute yep. disaster. And maybe the offense isn't as bad as we think because they got down early and they're trying to trying to play from behind is much harder in the NFL. Right? It, it's so difficult. Yeah, but the play calling was weird. Offensively, one dimensional. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, so I'm I'm willing to give some more leniency to the offense. Say that that'll be fine. You're right, though. This defense is is a major problem. It's a major weakness, and it's limiting the Giants. Uh, not the Giants. Well, the Giants have no upside. It's limiting the Lions' upside right now uh, heading into the final stretch, which is not when you want to have a big, glaring weakness be revealed. So I have one more point about the Packers and Lions, but I'm going to say it after this KU notebook. Attention to KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right. Back into it, hour of heavy hitters. We were talking Packers and Lions, uh, the first of three Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, one more point. Uh, Jordan Love is not the type of quarterback. You know, you're going to see a lot of Jordan Love caliber quarterbacks in the playoffs. Uh, it's not that Jordan Love is this special, elite type quarterback. Granted, he looks great on Thursday. He looks <laughs> incredible. Yep. Best game of his NFL career. You could actually start to see why the Packers think this guy could be their guy going forward. But... Man, oh man, if you're struggling to clamp down this Packers wide receiver room uh, and Jordan Love, you're going to see better quarterbacks in the playoff lines. Look out. This is troublesome. All right. Uh, do you have any last thoughts in this game or are we moving on? No, I'm just shocked that somehow the Packers aren't out of it. Yeah, no. Uh, again, it goes back to my point. The NFC is weak, too. You're a 5 to 6 team. You're the first team on the bubble. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that is crazy. It's odd. It's really weird. So. I think for a second straight year, the NFC is a very, very weak conference. I think there's only I two. That I think there's two legitimate teams who can only make it. You out of this are crazy. Let's go to what you should consider as the third legitimate team: the Dallas Cowboys. NFC East matchup. I like that they put all divisional matchups on Thanksgiving. I thought yeah, it was good. It's cool. Uh, but 
unfortunately with this one, we saw Thanksgiving beatdown. Yeah, uh, this was a Thanksgiving massacre. 45-10 as the Cowboys throttle the Commanders. Dak in the offense roll, 331 yards for Dak, four touchdowns. Dak has been outstanding lately. All to different all to different receivers. Brandon Cook scored a touchdown. C.D. Lamb. Uh, You're happy about Tevante that. Devontae Turpin. I was happy about that. Got me some. Got me 16 points in my fantasy league this week. By the way, winners of four in a row. Uh, I'm 7-5, and five and I'm second uh, in the league. I jumped from outside the playoff picture to second in a matter of four weeks. So I am on a roll right now. That's what right you call now. a turnaround right exactly, now. Exactly, man. C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell. Love you guys. You guys are killing it for me. So, anyway, back to this, though. Cowboys commanders. Enough of me about me being happy about my fantasy team for right now. Uh, 45-10. Cowboys win it. Again, we said Dak looked good. Uh, credit to Deron Bland, man. This is a guy who stepped up in the light of Trayvon Diggs being done for the season. Deron Bland has taken this new role. Is he and, not and, unbelievable? And ran with it. Five pick sixes in one year. Literally um, ran with it. To yeah, the house. Exactly. Five times. Record-setting fifth <laughs> pick six of the year. That's the most ever in one single regular season. Uh, There's still... What four weeks to go? Yeah, and he and he didn't no, play for the first few weeks. Yeah, exactly. And this was the whole thing with Steph, uh, not Stephon Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Is like he has the ability to, to make turnovers and hawk. take it to the house, right? This guy's doing it better than Diggs, better than Diggs. And the problem with Diggs is that he would try that. Sometimes he'd whiff and it'd be a huge. It's play. a seventy-yard touchdown. You're not right? seeing that with Bland. No, we're not at all. He's locking down and he's go- He's making the most of when he can be a ball hawk. And, and I mean, he's a he's a real threat for opposing quarterbacks. So I'm very impressed with him. I'm very impressed with Dallas. I don't know why you don't consider them a legitimate team. Because okay, I will tell you why. I will tell you why. You know why? I I don't know why. Because the combined winning percentage of the teams that they've beat is a three oh eight. Okay. I get it. You beat the teams that are on your schedule, but you lost to the Cardinals. Horrific loss. It's a bad loss. You got crushed by the 49ers, forty two ten. Embarrassing on the road. Yep, and um, they played the Eagles close. You played the Eagles close, but you lost. It, it wasn't. I get it. I never thought the Cowboys were going to be able to win that game. I did. You're an Eagles fan. It's different. It's different when you're a fan of the team because you're always on your toes. Unless you're no, up by just like objectively, 14 points. they had the ball at the 11 yard line, needing a touchdown to win the game, and then they, there was some penalties that derailed them. Welcome to the Cowboys. They always find a way to derail okay, themselves. Okay, but you can't be sitting there saying, ah, oh, there's no chance they get 11 yards here in the last 30 seconds. Okay, okay. We're, we're going to get the real glimpse. We're, we're going to see how legit the Cowboys are in this upcoming schedule. Yes, we are. Because they get the Seahawks, Eagles, Bills on the road, Dolphins on the road, Lions at home, and then they finish up with a mop-up against Washington. Yep. We're going to see how legit these Cowboys are. Yes, Because they're going to have to start beating some legitimate teams. Because uh, they're, they're two games back, right? They're two games out. Right now they're a wild-card team. They have to be ahead of the Eagles uh, to, to even be considered for a first-round bye, but to also have home field advantage, right? It's a big two games back, and they only play the Eagles one more time, so they're going to need a little bit of luck from the Eagles to, to lose another game, which there's only real, really one other game I see the Eagles potentially losing, and it's this week. So we're going to know real quick if, if Dallas is going to be just resting up because they're – a very good wild card again, like last year, uh, or or if they can make some noise and, and get into the uh, into the division leader here. This is a divisional exit once again for the Cowboys. They will not beat the Eagles. They will not beat the 49ers. I just I would take them over. To... I would take them over anyone else in the NFC outside of those two teams. And guess what? The problem is they're going to have to play one of those two teams in the divisional round. So night night Cowboys, your season's over after one playoff win again. They could win, though. No, That's what I'm no, no, saying. No, 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 they no, 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 no. they got embarrassed the, by San Francisco. Especially if they play the 49ers. If they play the 49ers, they're especially done. Especially done. I think the Eagles have some 
problems within that secondary where they can get beat. Uh, defensively, I don't fully love the Eagles. I'm going to say it outright. I think there's some problems there, and they can get exposed uh, in certain areas. I think of the right matchup, this defense, you know, we saw it a little bit yesterday, and we'll talk about that coming a little bit later on the show. I think this is an Eagles team that's not as strong as they were a year ago. I'm, I have no problem saying that. I think this. I think last year was was the year for them uh, to win a Super Bowl. Could they do it this year? They're still a very talented team. I am not trying to say that, uh, but I'll elaborate more on this point when we talk about the Eagles a little bit later on the show. Back to the Cowboys, though. We're going to see how legit they are in the coming weeks. Back to this one. Dominated performance, 45-10. They crushed the Commanders as they should have. Any, any other thoughts? Yes, the, the Dak Prescott has been really good, and that's the thing that has held them back in the last couple of years. Has the been quarterback very play he has been, been very there. good, unless he plays a good defense. We're going to see. I think he's shown real signs of improvement. I think he showed some improvement against the Eagles. Um, and, and we'll see. You know, I, The I, problem is this upcoming week is not a test that because the Seahawks don't. No, the, the Seahawks are not In fact, the Seahawks, I don't good. think, are a very good football team. No, they're, they're very quickly fading from any sort of relevancy in the playoff picture. Uh, As I said. Wait, I don't. I didn't think you said that. You said they would wind up the the seven or the six. Uh, that's like barely relevant in the playoff picture. Right. I think there's a real chance this team misses altogether. I I would agree with that, especially with the Packers are playing. Yeah, the way the Packers are playing, it's uh, you know you might have a wild card from the uh, NFC South at this point, which no. would be crazy. No. Yes, you might. The Saints are terrible. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. All right. Uh, that's really all I had. Let's get to those Seahawks. They get uh, embarrassed once again. They did. Um, but. Mitch. Yeah, we got to take a break. We'll talk. It's time for a first break. Niners Seahawks on the other side. This is Heavy Hitters. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back in. It's Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice. Kutztown University, KUR. Kutztown. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim. You're listening to the best sports talk show on this on this station. Can't think of any others that rival it. Definitely not the uh, not the one we were just on. The Bears beat. Uh, let's give a quick mention, right? You can uh, you can hear all your favorite KUR talk programming on Spotify. If you're not aware, Spotify. Uh, you can hear heavy hitters. You can hear the Bears beat, which me and Jack, we just went on there for a little bit. Just uh, chopped it up with Josh and James. A lot of J's going on here. I feel left out. Josh, James, Jack, and Mitch talking some uh, Golden Bears football at the end of uh, that episode. You can hear that on Spotify. Just search Kutztown University Radio. You can also hear replays of our football broadcasts, which we should have another one coming up this Saturday, the Regional One, uh, Super Region One Finals, Kutztown at Slippery Rock. Super excited. So just want to make a shout-out. All your favorite talk program you can hear on uh, on Spotify. Anything to add, Jack, or should we get into this Seahawks 49ers game? No, I do, I do have one more thing to add on. Uh, we're talking all things NFL right now, and if you want to get your thoughts heard, uh, oh, that's a good call. Hitters, uh, you can dial 610-683-4058. Again, that's 610-683-4058. Dial into heavy hitters. Get your thoughts heard on whatever uh, is on your mind uh, in the sports realm. I wonder right. what John from Schnecksville is going to yell at me for today. Um, I wonder. We should make a wheel. We should come in here with a wheel every day and spin, and it. spin it and see what it lands on and uh, just have a little little friendly wager going on. But we got an NFC West showdown Thanksgiving night after you've been stuffed with turkey, after you've argued with every single one of your family members, if you're in my house. And, uh, <laughs> and well, it, uh, it went how we expected, right, Jack? The 49ers blitzed them. It wasn't that close. 
And uh, they created turnovers. They were able to run the ball. McCaffrey scored a pair of touchdowns. You see that one touchdown where he was like, like just running through people, man. Christian McCaffrey is a playmaker, man. So I am so excited to see Brock Purdy this week because the Eagles are going to expose him. He did not get exposed in this game. Congratulations to the 49ers. Uh, the Seahawks, you are so irrelevant. Geno Smith was a one-year wonder. Uh, One-and-a-half-year wonder, I'll give him, at best. But any any thought? The 49ers are for real. The Seahawks are not. Is there any anything else we can take away from this game? Man, the 49ers are so good. I mean, they're such a good football team. Oh, my God. Here's my problem Christian, with you. Can Christian, I criticize you for a second? Sure. Go right ahead. Okay. So when Dallas mops up on a team that we agree is not that good, you're like, well, you know, look at the combined winning percentage. We agree. You've been saying that Seattle is the fraud of all frauds. And when San Francisco beats up on them, oh, oh, they're just so good. They're just so good. I can't believe how good this football team is. Who has San Fran beat besides Dallas? One good win. Jacksonville, 34-3. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that game. All right. I, I forgot would, about that game. I would say that's a pretty good win. It's a good win. In my estimation. But you just can't come on here and be like, oh, because they beat Seattle. There's such a... Oh, they're so good. They mopped uh, up a bad I'm team. Not, I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. They mopped like, up a bad team. Brock Purdy is just efficient. The guy knows how He's to be awful. a good football player. He's terrible. 21 of 30, 209, one touchdown, one pick. Is that a great game? No. But is that a game that's going to lose your football team the game? No. Brock Purdy knows how to get the job done to the point where he can get the Niners a win. Was that pick a pick six? Um, no, I don't believe so. I thought it was in this game. Game. Someone had a pick. Oh, it did. It was a pick. Yeah, Mitchy know things oh, out lo- in full form. The the lone touchdown. Yeah. Wow. If only it mattered. Yeah, um, I know. Um, <laughs> I was actually mad at the time, which you know why. But yeah, uh, yeah. But they they helped me out later. So, so. uh yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good. I yelled at you. All I was going to say it off my chest. All I was going to say is McCaffrey to style game going over 100 yards. He's, he's just so a beast. good. I mean, he's, he's the, the best an player. Ever. I mean, the best thing that happened to his career was getting traded to San Francisco. It, I hated to see it because I he made me well he helped make me into a Panthers fan. I have his Panthers jersey, but seeing him on a good team in the spotlight is so refreshing. And I think people are finally aware that he is the best running back, and it's not even close. Thank goodness. I love Christian McCaffrey. I could watch him all day. I actually enjoyed watching him run through the entire Eagles defense in the NFC Championship. He's just a monster. He's kind of hilarious. He is just a monster. He is a I mean, he's a shining beacon of hope, a lighthouse for short kings everywhere. Someone stop that man. They can't. They can't exactly. stop that man. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey might be a, a short king, except he's ripped and uh <laughs> plays is, in the NFL. He's ripped, isn't he? And uh you know, he's not an ugly. You know who's ugly a short king? Man. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was the definition of a short king. Oh, man. I love that guy. Although it's a sports talk show and we're talking about short kings. You know what they? Uh, you know what Merrill Reese called Darren Sproles all what? the time? Mighty Mouse. Oh, yes. Yep. You're Mighty right. Mouse and for the touchdown. Um, One more point in this game, though. Yeah. Uh, conversely for the Seahawks, the schedule does not get easier. No. Uh, they get Dallas on the road. <laughs> Have fun. They get San Fran on Have the road. Fun. And then they and get, they get who? the Eagles. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think it's Three straight forecasting forecasted loss would be four straight, actually. For Seattle, I see them falling to six and eight, uh, and their playoff hopes would be hanging in the balance uh, if that does come to fruition. So, all right, uh, let's move on here. Not much to talk about on the Black Friday game. The Jets are an embarrassment. This was a putrid football game. The fact that Tim Boyle is even employed in the National Football League is, is an embarrassment. It is, is something that you just say 
you're you're scratching your head about. That pick six for the Dolphins at the half, that summed up the Jets' season. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Javon wow. Holland, what a play. I mean, that was crazy, man. <laughs> that was insane. Intercepted the goal line. I think he ran, what, 114 yards on that play? He no. had no business running that far. Yeah, he dropped back to the goal line, picked it off, and then ran it all the way back 99 yards to the house. Incredible. Dolphins win it. Uh, the Dolphins are like the Cowboys of the AFC for me. The Kings of beating the bad teams. Um, lost to the Eagles. Lost Bills. to the Bills. Yeah, yeah, that adds up. Similar. Very, very. And the Chiefs. They've lost yes. the three losses. So the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Any any three semblances of good teams they played, they have lost to. Correct. Um, Correct. Anyway, and good win, though. Dolphins are 8-3. I enjoyed having NFL on Black Friday. That I, was So cool. did I. That was cool. I, that needs to be a yearly thing. I think it was great. I yeah. Think it was absolutely great. I would have loved a better game, but it, it was, was It was really weird having a football game on Black Friday. See, I yeah. wasn't actually mad it was a bad game. I say give me a bad game. Give me, like, that's, I'm fine with a bad game. I'm just, because I'm, like, totally tired from Thanksgiving. I think a ton of people are are just exhausted from their relatives. A yeah, lot of older folk are hungover, right? Like, so, it just gives you something to watch in the background. And I don't, I didn't want to care a lot about that game. I didn't want, like, I would hate if my team played on Black Friday. I just want to chill. I just want to nap and have football on in the background. That's what I did, and it was great. So, so. Credit to the NFL for making Black Friday football a thing. All righty. We're going to step aside for 30 seconds, give you your traffic as it is rush hour. We will be back momentarily here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Kayra Kutztown, Jack Heim, and Mitchell Smedley here on this Monday evening, rolling through hour number one, talking all things NFL. All right. Dolphins, mop up on the Jets. Tim Boyle is a joke. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is the reason for a lot of the Jets' faults. Because the guys he's brought over with them have all been terrible. Yeah. Uh, Alan Lazard was a healthy scratch. They signed him to over a $40 million contract. He was a healthy scratch in this game. Can I just say how right? Like, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers played. The Jets were not doing squat this year. This is a bad, 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 bad football team. A quarterback doesn't fix this, let alone an aging one. Um... I everyone was Super Bowl. I, I, I didn't think this was good. a playoff team. No, they have a good defense. Tired of it. Bad football team. Moving along. All right, let's go to the Sunday game, shall we? I'm in on that. We had a gr- we had some great football this week. Really did. So I enjoyed the football this week. How about the Steelers, man? Oh, the I'm Pittsburgh nervous. Steelers I'm are here. They are. Here, they're here to play, ladies hey, and gentlemen. You know, ladies what's and funny? gentlemen. Now that Matt Canada is gone, I was going to say. You now that Matt Canada, Matt Canada, oh Matt, Matt Canada has been uplifted out of the city of Pittsburgh. At least the Steelers organization. You might still live in Pittsburgh. Probably does. <laughs> um, now that he has been removed from the organization, thank goodness, thank goodness, Steelers, you made a great decision because look what the offense did this week. Sixteen points. Yeah, isn't a lot to brag about, but they did it. They have done it. A miracle has happened for the first time in 58 games. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense has gone for over 400 yards. It's just a shame that they only scored 16 points. It was crazy. You can't do that, man. My dad and I were watching the game on Sunday, and we were like, yo, this offense has a different gear to it right now. Kenny Pickett still doesn't amaze me. I don't think he's, he's the He's still a terrible quarterback. I think he's still, still a pretty bad quarterback. But you know what? The Steelers actually know how to throw the deep ball. Still a, they did it. The Steelers are still a first-round exit. I still don't like Deontay Johnson, but you know what? Didn't have a horrible game. Still a first-round exit. Um, Depending on who they play. I can't say that definitively. I can. Stop. Let's think about who they might play. The Ravens. Loss. They already beat the Ravens once. I don't care. 
playoffs, they'll lose. Uh, the Chiefs, they would lose. Uh, one no. of those two is going to have a... You know what? Oh, stop. I, w- I would have much more faith in us beating the... Dude. What? The Chiefs are not that great. I'm sorry, especially offensively. They can be stopped. Their, wider, their, their receiving options are nothing. I agree with you. To ride home about. I Outside agree Kelsey. with you. But they're better than the, than the Steelers. I'm, okay, I'm not debating better team. But I'm debating, can you get the best of a team on, on, on a given Sunday? I think the Chiefs are in, in that position. It would be a defensive slugfest. I think it would be like Chiefs like 20 to 10. Who is the, who's the Chiefs' third loss? Eagles, Lions. Broncos. Broncos, that's right. That was crazy. That was the weird one. Um, we'll, go, we'll, 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 we'll get to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, we will. Broncos country. Let's ride again. That was a year ago, but hey, you know what? They're actually starting We're to do it now. Bringing it back, right? I like that. So, look, my thing on the Steelers is I'm still not impressed. They still only scored 16 points. Uh, I don't think this team can ever fully put it together. They show they can move the football, though. <laughs> Under Matt Canada, they could not move the football. Trust Congratulations. Me. You scored I, 16 points. I think that total is only inclined to go up. Let's see it. Let's see it. I would have to. The rushing game. I would have oh to see it. Oh, my goodness. The rushing game looks so revitalized. Najee Harris looked great on Sunday. It was so good to see. See what happens when you put your players in a position to succeed? It's only one week. 15 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. Best game of the year for Najee Harris. Oh, by far. So. Averaging just under seven yards a carry. Fantastic game, Najee. Fantastic game. Loved, I love to see it. The Steelers, why am I blanking on who they played? The Bengals. Uh, Bengals. Yeah, that's right. I knew that. I knew that, which the Bengals are not very good. The Bengals are not very good. So let's, let's, let's pump the brakes here. Let's move on, though. You want to go to – where do you want to go next? Um, I only had really one other big game I broke down on my notes. Houston-Jacksonville? Um, yeah, Houston-Jacksonville. What a game, man. I mean, man, oh, man. These are two playoff teams going at it. Oh, yeah. Two playoff teams going at it. Two great quarterbacks for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think C.J. Stroud is truly an incredible talent. I, I know. Are you starting just... to be shut up about Trevor Lawrence yet? Um, Are you starting to believe? It was his best game of the year. Yeah. And it so. came right at the perfect time after we talked about him. Thank you for making me look a little little smarter there, Trevor. So I appreciated I mean, that. Like I was sitting there watching that game. That was like as I got back to campus and I was like, this is, dude, okay, this you know what? The time. offense just this offense still just feels so frustrating to watch. Like, yeah, yeah, Lawrence times, had a really good game, but the offense is just so back and forth. It's so confusing. I mean, ETN got dinged it's up. So in this inconsistent. Game. Uh they shut him down, by the way. 20 carries, 56 yards. Texans run defense game to play. He had some catches, though, as well on top of that. Four for 30. That's pretty good. That's 86 total yards. That's pretty decent on the day. Um, The Jags got the win. They did. They did. So. It was a thrilling ending. Uh, it took a missed Matt Amendola 58-yarder off the crossbar. Oh, that was so crazy. To man. have the Jags hang on and survive. I thought he had it off the leg. I really did. Uh, I thought he had just enough on it to get it through, but came up just short. Kickers were important this week. Yeah, they were. Uh, but look, th- these are two very solid teams. Um, the the Jags, the Texans, they'll both be in the playoffs come the end of the season. The Jags are the one seed. <laughs> They're the one seed in the yeah. AFC. I did not look at those rankings. The, playo- oh my the playoffs as of this moment in time run through Jacksonville, Florida. Did not look at the, run uh, at the tiebreakers. Duval! That's Wh- where they run What's through. the tiebreaker? Um, I think it's conference record. Wow. Or div- um, no, divisional record gives you over your own opponents, yeah. like your individual teams. I think it's conference record. I, the Jags have it right now. Wow. 
So who are their losses? The 49ers. 49ers, Texans, and... So they split with Texas. Or Houston, I mean. They split with Houston. Chiefs. Huh. Interesting. Then the Chiefs should be number one, right? Because they've only lost to one AFC team. I, I, Mitch, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to work through it. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm just... I've seen... No. Sorry. The, the Ravens are 9-3. and three. They haven't had their bye yet. So they're ah. technically the one seed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think but, Jacksonville's the three. Yeah. Um, it, they were the one through the 1 p.m. games. That's right. That's oh, it. that makes that's total... It. That makes more sense. Yep. That's okay. it. Okay. Um, I'm really impressed with Jacksonville, man. Uh, I am. I think they're going to put I'm it together. Not. I think Peterson will have them together... Uh, when the when the games matter most here down the stretch and in the playoffs. Right now the Texans aren't in. They will be in. Oh, they will be in. They, they still have a game against uh, – they still have two against Tennessee Ooh. and one against uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis is fighting. They are, but Gardner Minshew, really? No. No, not really. Congrats. <laughs> congrats. Yes, yes, really, really. Congrats, you can beat the Buccaneers. Yeah. I'm sorry, that game's not even warranting talking about. No, it's Two not. teams that I don't even think are that great. Michael Pittman's becoming really good. He is. Yeah, no, Michael Pittman is, has been a good receiver. By the way, Tank Dell, another great day. Dude, that connection, man. Stroud and Dell, one of the better rookie connections we've seen. I didn't realize, I did not realize how short, speaking of short kings, Tank Dell is. Yeah. He's tiny. So, so. good story, man. Went to Houston, went, went to the University of Houston, got yeah, drafted by Houston. the Texans. Him and Stroud, I, dude, I knew it, man. I drafted him with the last pick in my fantasy football draft. I'm like, him and Stroud have had some good. Um, good chemistry in the preseason. This could possibly pan out in the regular season. So Dell's smart. got an opportunity, and he has flourished with it. I was so I was so juiced because they had a, a big play down the field, but a stupid illegal shift penalty took it away from me. Mm. I was sad. That's a bummer. But they have a touchdown. They got they got a. Touchdown. They did get the touchdown. Yeah. Seventh so. touchdown of the year for Tank Dell. How about he it? is really putting up some numbers. So. He is. Um, proud of him. What other uh, one o'clock games were there? The Patriots, Giants, were Giants awful. Beat, Giants beat the Patriots ten to seven in a battle of the battle of the. Great hopeless. job! You, you know it's better for the Patriots to lose that game. Tommy DeVito, pick. baby, Tommy DeVito. I don't want to hear it. Found Isaiah Hodgins for a touchdown. The what other games were there in this uh, window? Colts beat the Bucks twenty-seven twenty. Boring. Uh, putrid NFC South showdown between the hapless Falcons and the even more hopeless Saints. Finished 24-15 in favor of Atlanta. Uh, give me the Falcons to win this division. Yeah. Their, their defense is really good um, comparatively, I think, to the rest of these teams in this division. Um, you know, you, you have the And their Buccaneers. offense is serviceable. The offense is good enough, yeah. They, they'll be the the pity four seed that you want to draw if you're a good team and will eliminate. They'll, they'll be the team that Dallas beats. Yeah. And then it, and then we have to listen well, to them for a week. If you're the five seed, you, you have a shot. Right. Well, so it's going to be Dallas versus Atlanta. Oh, yeah, Dallas-Atlanta, yeah. So, Dallas is going to win that game. Uh, and Jack has thrown another pick six. Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates. Why are you doing them? <laughs> Why are you doing that Brandon? Uh, the Brandon Gordon. The yeah, Madden Brandon Gordon. I don't know. I, I could just picture <laughs> that. That is it for the touchdown. DJ Moore. <laughs> so. I was playing some Madden over the break, too. Um, and the other game in this window was the... Titans and Panthers, 17-10. By the way, Frank Reich, you yeah, gone. Yeah, he is out. So Frank Reich. ain't going to be here next, next year. year. So Frank Reich, former Philadelphia offensive coordinator, went and was the coach of the uh, Colts. Colts. Yeah, I, I was going to get there with uh, with his old buddy Carson Wentz. He goes, try the, try the uh, new coach, new quarterback duo. First 11 games, they go 1-10. and 10. I'm sorry. Someone had to take the blame. This is just a dysfunctional franchise. Why are you firing your coach 11 games in? It just David doesn't Tepper. make sense. Don't give me this 
don't don't give him the the attitude because you picked the wrong quarterback front office. Dave you picked Tepper, the wrong quarterback owner. You, my friend, are dumb. You're a clown. You're you're irate that your team's one and ten. Have you seen the roster you have put out on the football it's field? It's not a good roster. You don't have any offensive talent. Adam Thielen is your number one wide receiver. Adam Thielen has never been a number one receiver. Tommy Trumbull's not a good receiver. Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen's not bad. He's just not a number one. Adam Thielen is a veteran number three receiver. He's a veteran maybe number two presence. I, I'd say he's a number two. He's a veteran presence. He's a number two, but he's well, not a number one. No, and they're trying to make him into one. And they don't have an offensive line that can protect the young quarterback. Yeah, Bryce Young is running for his life every time he gets the ball snapped to him practically. It's ridiculous. It's a, it's the a, Panthers are a nightmare. They don't have their first round pick. Why would any head coach want to go no. to that and organization? I, Frank right Reich now? should be thanking them. He can go get a better job somewhere else. He's a good coach. I like Frank Reich a lot. But um whew, dysfunction. I think what Frank Reich should do is take a high quality OC position for a year. Absolutely. Show that he's still got the 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 ability to coach a high level and then take another head coaching gig. That's one hundred percent what I would say do. Come back to Philly. I can't stand Brian Robinson. Frank Reich? Pittsburgh's or Brian? Name. Did I say Brian Robinson? Yeah, Brian Johnson. Jeez, what did what did Washington's running back ever do to you? I think <laughs> Brian. I think Brian Robinson's not a bad running. No, back. he's a great story. Remember last year with yeah. everything he went through? That what was a crazy! What an amazing. No, no, no hate toward Brian Robinson whatsoever. Brian Johnson is is just a train wreck of an offensive coordinator. So come back, bring back Frank Reich. You know, hashtag save Frank. Alrighty. To be quite frank with you, we got to step aside that one final time an hour to run. When we come back, we will round out the rest of our NFL talk. Hour number two, we have college football on some MLB free agent tidbits to talk about. Uh, keep it here on Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Hi. Jack Hine. And that voice you just heard, the majestic voice of Mitchell Smedley, sitting across from me. So glad to be with you on this Monday evening. Uh, we are wrapping up hour number one. We got a full hour number two coming your way next, so don't go anywhere after this hour is done. Mitch, we're talking all things NFL. We're going to jump over to the 4 p.m. slate. Some interesting games to talk about there. Let's go out to uh, Denver, Colorado, and let's talk about none other than the Denver Broncos. Yes, the Denver Broncos. They're relevant again. The team who got 70 dropped on them back in week three. We all thought this team was going to be the, the laughing stock for sure to get the number one overall pick. Resurrected from the dead. They've won five in a row. Six and five. Sean Payton has got these guys fighting again. Stand up, Colorado. You guys are right in the thick of it. Back in the hunt. Six and five. They down the Browns in convincing fashion. 29 to 12. This is a game I thought that uh, Cleveland would win. And uh, I could not be more wrong. I could not be more wrong about the, the Broncos. I'm waiting for it to fall apart. They're the Vikings of the AFC. Putrid start, but they have fought back with quite the win streak here. And I'm very, I'm very proud of them. I'm very, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awfully lucky. It's you awfully. Said, lucky. You said that like a family member of like a like a kid who just like, you because know, I didn't want to see this all blow up in their face with the <laughs> Russell Wilson thing. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm just so proud of them for 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 all that they've done. Just so blessed. So blessed to be here. Anyway. Um, I don't know. What do you see the the rest of the season holding for this weird Broncos team? I mean, they they have a favorable schedule if you mm-hmm. look at it. You know, tough one in Houston next week. Uh, but then they got the Chargers. That's a winnable game. Uh, they have the Lions, the way they've been playing as of late, defensively especially. 
could be a game that the Broncos could go into Detroit and steal. Then they get the Patriots at home on Christmas Eve. Ooh. Then they get and then they get the Chargers and the Raiders to end the year. I mean, those are you know three to four wins on the schedule. If they win four of those next six, they're ten and seven, and they are possibly in the wild card round, which is crazy to think about. But it, it is a possibility Super crazy to think about. It is a possibility. It is, and you got to give credit to this team because everyone wrote them off. And rightfully so. After last year's utter atrocity of a football team, but um, credit Sean Payton. Credit to Sean Payton. Absolutely. And you got to be able to credit the players. I don't know who stepped up in that locker room as as leadership, but you have to credit them too because it's not not just a coach who can turn around the culture. It's the players. You got to be able to buy in. I know it's more important in the college game to buy into a program and a head coach's culture, but the NFL it's important too. Each coaching staff is different with their ideologies and the staff they bring in along with them. You got to be able to get buy in from the players that believe in a coaching staff, uh, and the fact that they've been able to turn it around so quickly uh, has truly been incredible to see. Um, so, so congratulations to Denver. Not you know they haven't done anything special yet, but like to be able to just see them be competitive. And a year where they like this is the same team who got seventy hung on them in week three by the Dolphins. Like, I know, no way you you saw them drowning. Is this the dagger? Like, <laughs> dude, one of the greatest videos. So funny, so <laughs> funny. Marvin Mims running back that kick. Is this the dagger? Oh, oh my goodness. Game series. Like, so one of the better edits I've seen all year. Um, but yes, this same Broncos team who who endured all that pain. Is six and five. They're right in the hunt in the AFC. They they're just barely on the outside looking in. Or are they in as of this moment? Let's I thought they were in, but I think no, I'm wrong. They're they're right behind Houston. Gotcha. So And that right makes there. that game huge. Yeah, that oh makes my that goodness, game yeah. huge. It does. it does, absolutely. So the Broncos win that game, they're seven and five. And Sky High Colorado game. going against H Town where they're stronger than a hurricane. So. When worlds collide, Jack. Yeah. Uh, but good, good for Denver. Twenty nine twelve is it was a defensive game. Uh, you didn't really see a whole lot of offense be put up in terms of the yard count. Uh, but where does that put Cleveland on the wild card picture? Uh, they're fifth right now. Fifth. So I don't think this team's getting in. I, they're the first wild card, or no, second, second wild card. Right Ryan now. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I don't see them getting in. I think I think it was of this stage. Wait, Denver should be uh, a better team. They should be the. How are they fifth if they're the first? No, they're the sixth. Six. Okay, I'm sorry. Sixth, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, so they're the second wild. Oh, I got that. So, second ball card. I don't think this team's in at the end of the day. I don't love the quarterback play. Dorian Thompson Robinson is not, you know, anything to say. Wow, it's a special talent. Uh, by the way, by the way, the hit he got knocked out of the game yesterday in clean hit, bogus penalty. Um, we got to stop with these game changing penalty calls. That was a clean hit on Dorian Thompson Robinson in that game yesterday. Um, it, it is ludicrous that we're seeing these happen. But now we're going to talk to our first caller of the day. Who are we talking to? John from Schnecksville. Uh, who else? What are we upset about this week, John? John, we're not hearing you. You got it? Did you patch him in? I'm upset with you about this week. I'm actually going to agree with you. It's a good I want start. to take a wait-and-see approach on my Pittsburgh Steelers. One week, it's great. It's nice to see the offense rebound and actually look like a professional offense. But uh, it's one week, although against a, a pretty good defense, it's still only one week. I want to see it. The running game has been very consistent over the last three to four weeks, 160-plus yards a game rushing. Love to see that. Good balance. Helps out your young quarterback who needs to get a lot more accurate on the underneath throws. Throws a very nice deep ball, but not so much underneath. The other thing, 
I wanted to mention to you, Mitch, you had said earlier in the show, I know this is not yelling at you, you said the Giants have no upside. I would disagree. I think the Giants have nothing but upside because you really can't get much worse unless you're the Carolina Panthers. So just a little <laughs> play on words right there. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I really would like to get you guys' opinions on this, is that as fans we all gripe and moan and complain about penalties that are called, but some of these roughing the passer calls are really impacting games. And when you watch the replays and see that it's not a penalty, I mean, something needs to be done. I'd love to get you guys' thoughts. Have an amazing rest of your show. Always love listening to you guys. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Thanks for the call, John. There he is. My, my, my mistake for not catching the first part of that on air. He got him. Um, but we, we got most of his, his thoughts. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. I think I, we just missed the greeting. You know. Hey, guys. Yeah. How you doing? You know. I think that's all we missed. Yeah, we heard that, but over the air. I, yeah, heard, so the phone's so. right next to me. So I yeah, I heard that, thing. too. So. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I can hear him next to me, but I can't hear him <laughs> in my headphones. So that's a bit of an issue. Yep. Um, anyway, let's break down what John had to say. Look, yep. yeah, we, we talked about the Steelers already. I'm not going to dive back into that rabbit hole. Yeah, put some points on the board. Then I'll believe it. But you got to be complete with, with your these offense. penalties. I think one of them was called in this game. Again, referees have been atrocious. There Play- needs to be so much more accountability. And Jabril Peppers said it perfectly, perfectly after the Giant Patriots game. All these, all the league is. Oh, we're all about player safety. Oh, we're all about player safety. So you miss call the clean hits, but sometimes you don't call. There's times where there's a blatantly dirty hit and it doesn't get penalized. Right? Like what is that? It Not is a consistent. joke. It is an absolute disgrace to the game of football. What direction is this game going in? Where players are getting penalized for laying clean hits and they're not being penalized for the dirty ones? What 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 does that say? What what does that say to the rest of the league? Say, oh yeah, you can come in and pretty much take a guy's head off uh, and not get penalized. But if you lay a shoulder, uh, you know, you you lay a shoulder into his chest or a shoulder into in, into the quarterback's shoulder and lay him out just as he's getting rid of the ball. That's a clean hit. You're still you should still be allowed to hit the quarterback as long as it's not helmet down with contact. Uh, it is ridiculous what is going on in the league right now. Um, you know, the, these players are really going to start. You're going to see more and more of them start to get a little bit ticked off. I think week in week out. We can all get ticked off, but do you want some suggestions yet? Because I have a suggestion that I think could fix the problem. What? I think. I'm not saying, because the, the pass interference reviews was atrocious. It was disgusting. You should get an extra challenge no. for a penalty. No. What we should get is uh, the second and fourth quarter timing, right? So under two minutes in the second quarter, under five minutes in the fourth quarter. The boost should initiate, like they do any other play, uh, under under two minutes, so I would extend that from two minutes in the fourth quarter to five minutes in the fourth quarter because you can have game-changing plays in those last five minutes. Booth initiated reviews on those on those uh, on hits that warrant personal foul penalties. I think a if they like they can also throw a an, an, a review on something that they think was dirty but wasn't called right. That's the player safety element. And then if there was a, a hit that didn't look dirty but was called roughing the passer or something. If there's clear and obvious evidence to overturn it, like the Josh Allen flop, right, they should be able to pick up the flag. Pick up the flag with a booth review. No, that was a little bit of a late hit. He sold it. Barely. He barely touched him. He sold it. What are we talking about? But he did hit him a little late. It's a truck. Hardly. It was not forcible contact. It was not. So. It was not. Uh, Whatever the word is. None. None. Okay. You know what? We want to talk about these. None will be worse than what happened against Florida State on Saturday. I'll get to it later in the show. Then <laughs> later the game, in the show. Down. There's later in the show, but my goodness, that was horrific. But I, I think two minutes in the first half, five minutes in the in the second half, 
uh, those last few minutes, those critical moments, and overtime, of course. Uh, I think the booth should initiate reviews. They should be able to pick up flags. Uh, I, I just think you can't have... I'm tired, uh, and, and maybe extend it to other flags. I'm not sure. I'd have to see if that plays well, right? Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I just think winning and losing games based on penalties that are debated is so pathetic for a for a pro football league. I think it's annoying for the players. I think it's annoying for the fans because then I have to go, I think if oh, it's actually, you didn't actually win no. the game. I the refs it, were so bogus. I think if it's actually a penalty, yes, and it should be called in a critical moment. Sure. If it's ticky-tack, no, right, I'm not the, the debatable the ones, right? Oh, you didn't actually – the refs were so biased. It's like – Oh please! We'll we'll get to so bias later in the later later on. Uh, we got to keep moving on though. Chiefs take down the Raiders, thirty-one seventeen. Raiders jumped up to a fast start, fourteen zip. Yeah, the uh, Chiefs stormed back, and then the Chiefs respond. Wait, did I say that right? Did I say the Chiefs stormed out? No, I you said it. the Raiders. Okay, okay. So good. The, the thing is, the uh, the CBS broadcast kept going. Ah, the Chiefs were to lose this game. I mean, like they would cut over like the the studio with I think it's Boomer Sison, and um. He's like, if that Chiefs somehow were to lose this game, that would throw everything into care. And then Tony Romo and Jim Nance, oh, that would be insane, and here's what would happen. And then they don't. And then they just come back 31-3 to the rest of the game. Look, the Raiders play harder under Coach Pierce than they did for McDaniels. Still not a crazy talented football team. Um, not just Jacobs, bro. Yeah, Jacobs is a good back. Uh, Adams is a good receiver. The problem is they're just wasting their careers because they're not good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's keep moving on here. I want to talk about this game. Uh a lot. Eagles, Bills. Game of the week. 30, one of the games of the year. 37-34. The Eagles win it in overtime. They're 10-1. and one. The ref, the, the officiating this game is horrible. Stop. Horrible. Stop. It was it was so putrid. It was so disgusting. Bad on bad. both sides. A couple of horrific missed calls, especially against the Bills, too, I want to point out. I mean, that no-horse collar on Josh Allen, I mean, are we serious? Are, are we serious with that no-call? The guy's practically, the, the jersey is ripped. He gets, you see the replay where he gets grabbed Behind the neck, which is exactly where a horse collar is, um, no call. And then the no call on the digs with the holding or passing interference, whatever you want to label it as, putrid two missed no calls. I mean, unbelievable. Which digs one? I, I know the horse collar. The, the sleigh holding about. on digs where he's grabbing his jersey the whole time. Literally from it the It was start. a little touch at the no, end. Dude, oh, my goodness. Stop. stop. Stop, dude. He's got, you can see it. Ro- even Romo said it. Even Romo said it. I thought he was talking about the horse collar with the grabbing the jersey. Yeah, he said that That's too. The one that but he said about. to Nance, he's like, "Hey, and, and Jim, he's he's kind of holding his jersey the whole time there, and I'm having trouble not seeing that one being called or uh, something to that extent." But yeah, it, it was maybe it the was, slight play. I'm thinking maybe I'm it was crazy. One where he I'm like bumped saying, him right at the end. I'm not know. saying those cost the Bills the game, but there is horrific officiating all throughout the league. A couple of bad ones missed in this game. By the way, Morrow blatantly cheap shotting digs at the goal line. I mean, what was that all about? Josh Allen runs it in. Diggs is just blocking, and then after the play, Morrow just comes up and knocks him off his feet blatantly after the, the touchdown's been scored. I, that was a dirty, dirty play uh, by by Morrow. I don't know his first name. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but yeah, that, that Dude, was. Let's talk about that the, the roughing the passer that Allen sold. You know, I, that was that. bad. There were some I, other I calls. That I don't love that against call. both teams. But that's, it was a but bad that's a, officiating. But that's a new crew. school. That's a new school roughing the passer. No, that, that's not. what it is. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even the, the same level of contact. No. no, it's not. But it's a new school rough in the past. You see that get called nowadays. I don't agree with it, but it's but it's how it is. No, you don't. Even even Romo said that shouldn't have been called. Again. So, no, but we've know. seen that get called before. Is what I'm saying. All right, we got to step aside. And we've we'll seen. Back. We'll be back for hour number two on heavy hitters. Yeah. And welcome into hour number two of heavy hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That is Jack Heim, taking you through. Your 6 o'clock hour here on the East Coast. Talking about all things sports uh, on the radio voice of Kutztown University, 
KUR Kutztown. Great to be with you once again. Our second to last show in the month of November. And uh, we're getting on toward the final part of the semester, Jack. How are we feeling? Are we are we stressed out here? Um, Not crazy stressed Post out. Post break? I am. I'm nervous. Got things that were due a month ago, but that's okay. That's yeah, okay. You'll get it figured out. Got to get that figured out. Yeah, I knew you were going there. So, um, yeah, right. so we're talking, uh, we talked a lot of NFL in hour number one. So let's round it out. Sorry, just for the recap. In hour two. Well, we got to take a deep dive into this game, but then we'll get to some MLB, college football, college hoops, NHL. We got a, we got a smorgasbord <laughs> on the, like on the docket for our number two. Great to have you along. If you want to get involved, 610-683-4058. Call in. Give us your thoughts on anything we've talked about so far, anything we will talk about, or if you have something that we haven't talked about and won't talk about, you know, cautiously I'll say bring it up, but uh, unless, unless it's stupid. 610-683-4058. All right. Eagles-Bills, 37-34. The Eagles win it in overtime again. The Bills still don't know how to win in overtime, even though they got the football first. It's hilarious. The Josh Allen overtime curse is hilarious. But I wanted to go back to your point you were making, is that um, you said we've seen that roughing the pass. Yeah, I understand that. And we've also seen... Um, you know, pass interference, hand fighting, not called before. So I don't think it should come as that much of a surprise to everybody. Refs have missed calls in the past on both of those penalties. And um, people using the refs, which I haven't seen a lot of Bills fans doing. I've seen a lot of the national media using referees. I've seen a lot of national like uh, fans that didn't have stake in the game using the refs as a, as a piece. I have not seen Bills fans do it. Credit to Bills Mafia, by the way. I don't want, I don't want to hear the refs hate Philly anymore. Well, they do. Typically, they do. Typically, they do. But uh, you know what killed the Eagles? You want to know what killed the Eagles? The Eagles giving up third and sevens, third and nines, third and elevens, all game long, all game long. They would get stops on first and second down, and then give up like a big, a big Josh Allen run where he runs through two different dudes. He, he is crazy. He's annoyingly crazy. He's a very good quarterback. I don't know why you're so low on him, but I, I thought he was one of those guys you dropped in your rankings. No, I had him at like two. No, you did not. Yes, I did. You had Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar. You had no, him like had outside Mah- your top five. I thought he was below uh, Herbert for you. Uh, no, I, I had think him at four. you put him below. I had him at four. four. Did four. you? Well, you should, because he's very good. So, I was impressed by uh, by Josh Allen just constantly making plays with his legs. He would have won the game if Gabe Davis uh, turns around, but if Gabe Davis knows how to look, run around, it was stop. No, Gabe Davis. Tony Romo talked about this on the broadcast. Credit to Tony Romo. Um, the call was for Davis to run that that corner route to the back of the end zone. And, uh, you know, he beat his defender so bad that— Here's an idea. Sure, he should Look have turned for the around. Football. But he was running the route he was supposed to run, and he didn't know that Allen was under such pressure. You're only the wide receiver. It's not It's, it's not like it's your job to look for the football. You didn't only, you he know, was I'm running saying, the route he was I'm supposed to saying. run, and then he was going to turn a little Dude, bit Dude, his route is not 40 yards on a corner down the field it to, was. The, to the front pylon of the end zone. It was on that play. It was a corner route. That's what it is. He ran the designed route, and and Allen just had to get rid of it. He put in a spot that Davis should have been able to catch it. Uh, he just didn't locate the football, and the Eagles got second life. You want to know what uh, didn't help the Bills was the legend of Jake Elliott growing by another 59 yards plus downpours and wind. Uh, game on the line. I mean, what is Jason Kelsey doing? Two false starts. Two key false starts. Ten total yards that he cost the Eagles. 
backs up their game-tying field goal attempt to 59 yards in the inclement weather in Philly. And Jake Elliott, the stones on this man, holy smokes. Uh, he bangs it through the uprights with room to spare. Uh, how big was that Jake Elliott kick, man? Yeah, he's incredible. He's one of the better. He's one of the best kickers in the league. He's the most clutch kicker in the league. Um, yeah, I, I, he's he's very good. Um, you know what else is unreal to me? Uh, the Bills' overtime defense. That is what's unreal to me. Not very I good. Mean, I mean, what is the coaching there, Sean McDermott? You're going to run zone the whole overtime? Might as well just give him the game, dude. Third down? Third down at the Buffalo 39. Is this the Smith play? You you leave Devontae Smith wide open seven yards down the yeah. field, and you let him get four more after the catch. I, I mean, couldn't are believe you he kidding was that me? Wide. That was I a quintessential mean, play. I could have made that throw. Devontae Smith was that wide open. It's a joke. It is an absolute joke. It is no wonder why the Bills can never win overtime games. You know why? Because their coach is an utter buffoon and should not have a job. Yeah, that's right. Sean McDermott should be fired at season's end. He is massively underperforming with a highly talented roster. It is unbelievable what the overtime play calling was on the defensive side of the football for the Buffalo Bills. And then to let the the Swift run like that. Oh, man. And and then Jalen Hurts walks into the end zone with Micah Hyde looking like he's playing soccer, trying to slide tackle him. Yeah, I don't know what that was. And then you have a guy standing at the goal line trying to punch the football out of his hands. I mean, what are we doing? What kind of effort is this? I'm so, so, so disgusted by by the the play calling and the effort of the Buffalo Bills towards the tail end of that overtime. It was disgusting. It was absolutely putrid playing playing by the by the Bills defense, and the play calling was just as bad, if not worse. Overall, another overtime disaster, another overtime meltdown by the Buffalo Bills, one of the most unclutch franchises. In all of sports, when the going gets tough and, and games get tight in, in the biggest moments, this team shrivels up like no other. It is unbelievable. The Buffalo Bills, you're an embarrassment and you're a joke. Let's talk about how we got to overtime, though. Credit to the Philadelphia Eagles, down 70-7 to for a second consecutive week at halftime. They make halftime adjustments. This running game looked reinvented because it was reinvented. They stopped trying to just go up the middle, and they, they decided to scheme some outside runs uh, you know, some outside short uh, passes into the flat, and it worked wonders. Uh, Swift had a big run uh, up the left side in the, I believe that was the third quarter. But let's talk about Jalen Hurts a little bit. Man, I'm not too high on He had an up-and-down day. I mean, just a, you know, an abysmal first half where nothing seemed to work. He threw a pick. How about Jalen Hurts' play in the fourth quarter to Alameda Zacchaeus? Uh, Another horrible display of defense. Micah Hyde again. I mean, good. How about, good, can you just good, say it was a good play uh, by on, the Eagles? Hold on, let, let me develop it. I'm not done yet. All good right. job by Hertz to run out of the pocket, fire it down the field, give Zacchaeus an opportunity with a greatly thrown ball to, to the end zone. He didn't just roll it. He was directing all the traffic downfield. He was pointing, and then he throws a perfectly placed football in the back of the end zone. But it when was you're, the, but I when think you're, it was the best you, play. But when you're an NFL corner, quarterback and have all that time to throw it, and you're a good NFL quarterback... That's exactly well, he created the time by rolling out, and that there was there was blocking also that went into it. Yeah, I think it was the best play by Jalen Hurts I've ever. Seen. I was again, I was uh, in my apartment uh, screaming also, at also, how happy it, it I was. was. I couldn't it believe was, it. It was also horrible defense for Micah Hyde stepping up on that play for no apparent reason. I mean, he's not going to throw it uh, in front of where you're standing as you're the safety, and there's a maybe receiver he thought that behind you. Maybe he thought Hurts was going to start running with the ball when he rolled out to his left side because that's the, it's a that's third the side down. that Hurts isn't good at running the ball. It, it's a third down and what sixteen. 
Uh, something, something long, something like twelve ish. So, so Jalen Hurts uh, near the sideline. He's been prone to do that near near the sideline, near the sideline, right by the line of scrimmage. Is all of a sudden going to step up and try to run he for might, the first down? You always have to be. This is what. Josh, but you're at the goal line, jo- Jack. This is what Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. These are what these quarterbacks do. They mess with your your brain to make you think. Oh, that maybe you, I have no, to respect it was, that. It was a bad play no. for Micah Hyde yet again. For no reason, you know I'm not one to give credit to Jalen Hurts. This is a big time. Both things to can be Hurts. true. It was a good play by Jalen Hurts and also a bad play by Micah Hyde. Both of those statements can be true. It was the wrong decision, but that wrong decision was influenced by the legs of Jalen Hurts that he, that is that not he what put you into expect, a defense's mind. That is not what you expect out of a big time safety, one of the better safeties in the league. My God, it's a terrible defensive play. As the safety or the last line of defense, especially at the goal line, in the late moments of the game, and you let a receiver get behind you because you. And suppose Hertz does start running, and Hyde there's comes defenders up the in front position. of you. There's there's linebackers. How many times do we see him make a guy miss? Two guys miss. You have to respect Hertz the is legs not going to run there. Hertz. It's not going to run there. He, he's at, he's on the sideline. He would have to. He ran like, for the game winning score on a design quarterback draw. It's completely different. It is completely different. But he runs all the time. He does. But it's Mitch. He's not going to take off in that situation. Is what I'm trying to say. Which is why is the safety? I very read, well thought he could have taken off. You in that read situation. the eyes of the quarterback. You have to read it. That once that ball's in the air, yeah, you got to get back. You got to get back. Yeah, once I, the ball's I, I don't know what he's doing. It, it was, but he put it where only Zacchaeus could catch yes, it. And by it the way, a, it Zacchaeus a, goes up and makes a nice play on the football, which he's not. That's prone not to what do. I'm arguing. Yeah, it, was, it was a well thrown ball. It was a nice catch from Zacchaeus, but it was bad defense from Micah Hyde. All three of those things can coexist and be true. I don't think it was that poor of a of a defensive play by. No, Hyde. but it, it was just. I, I, where are you going if you're the safety there? There's he was no, probably going up to potentially make a stop on Hurts on the ground. That's probably where he was Dude, going. Dude, he was 30 yards downfield. I know. It doesn't make sense. Right, but on a third and long, you have time to get to the to the sticks. By the way, I think there was a defensive player going over there for the Bills. You always which, taught to rally. It was why he had to throw it. Yeah, yeah, from the back. Yeah, he was getting pressure from his from his back. Yes. I, don't, I don't know, whatever. The, the, but, Bills, uh, the Bills One of It was one of three to amazing touchdown drives in the, uh, in the second half by the Eagles. The offense absolutely came alive. Devontae Smith was essential in this game. He's really come on. He's probably my favorite offensive player for this team. I love watching Skinny Batman. Uh, Just so many big-time catches. We talked about the third down. He had a touchdown in this game. He had some other uh, big catches down the field when the Eagles needed it most for first downs and and the like. Uh, Devontae Smith is an all-around great wide receiver. Doesn't get enough love. A.J. Brown got in the end zone after doing pretty much nothing most of the game. Just so... So proud of this Eagles team. The Bills are a very talented football team. Uh, that won't make the playoffs. Yeah, they're the anti-Steelers. They're the opposite of the Steelers. The Steelers have no talent and are winning a ton of football Look, games. I don't care. The okay, Bills have a ton of talent. They're not why, winning football this games. This is why coaching matters. Yeah, it matters. And the Bills are banged up defensively. They don't have Matt Milano, one of the better linebackers, uh, probably their best linebacker, and they don't have their best corner, Tredavious White. That's a key factor. But, but... They were in a position to win that game, and bad coaching, especially in the overtime period, cost them the game. Nothing will change my mind on that. I think it was yep. horrific, a disservice to the players of the Bills about what Sean McDermott did. And also, it wasn't, wasn't like the Bills' defense. I mean, again, outside of the, the Jalen Hurts touchdown the, run. They held the a, Eagles to seven points in the first half. Outside of the Jalen Hurts touchdown run wasn't a bad effort from the, from the Bills' defense. But the coaching was really what baffled me. They, didn't, well, they weren't they, able to they, make the adjustments because they, the well, Eagles started doing these outside schemes to the, to the boundary. And and they weren't able to cover it. Here's, There's just so much that you have to. Here's an adjustment, and I'm not an NFL coach. Uh, zone's not working. Let's try man. 
Uh, yeah. here, here's an adjustment for I you, agree. Coach Sean McDermott. I agree. You know, you're only the head coach and also the guy who calls the defensive plays. Maybe you base your entire defensive playbook that week off of zone, though, which would be stupid, but also uh, that, credit. That, okay, that is just not what. I know. As an NFL I know it's team, not what you, can't you do. do that. I know it's not what you do. But maybe that's that's what most of the looks were uh, for for certain plays for things they were watching out with Jalen Hurts. And, no, no, we, but yeah, I know, I like. get that. But all the time we talk about football as a game of adjustments. I know. How hard is it though to go you up in man? S- you're talking about going in man man defense against AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Probably, in my opinion, the best wide receiver duo in the league. Yeah, but on a third and short, the Eagles aren't going to be airing it to the goal line. Right. That's a, see that situation. You're right. You're right in those it, situationally. Like, I thought the defense, especially was soft. that third down play. Especially that third down play where they find Smith for 11 yards. I'm sitting there and I'm going, why are you not at least trying man yep. there? By the way, like, Brown almost fumbled the game away in the uh, on the overtime yeah, drive again, leading into that play. But again, we see this all the time and it's not just the Bills. These teams are so passive defensively. I hate it. It's around the it's, league. It's, it's pathetic. The, the ideology of not getting burned over the top. The theory it, is, is, is the theory re- on it is that if you make a team work a 10-play, 12-play But they're drive. at your 29-yard line. The, the theory is eventually, statistically, they're going to make a mistake. The problem is, sure, but statistics aren't... No, the problem is the Eagles' offense is the, too diverse to well, be able to make a mistake there because the wider, you have the threat of Jalen Hurts' run. The, DeAndre Stiff's a good running back, and you have one of the best offensive lines in the league. The wider point, though, is that those statistics are taking into account the entire league, and you have bad te- a ton of bad teams mixed in there where, yes... Um, like Danny DeVito is probably going to make a mistake in a 12-play drive, right? Bryce Young, who's running for his life, is probably going to throw you an interception somewhere along a 17-play drive. Jalen Hurts, he's been more prone to it this year, but he's less likely to do that, right? So you have to be more aggressive against the better quarterbacks. You need more targeted stats for things like that. Uh, That's where the the theory comes from. That's why I think it's a flawed system. Also, uh, Eagles defense, so much credit. Uh, By the way, Brandon Graham in the... uh, coin toss during overtime. Did you hear what he said? Where they, they no. go, uh, we want the ball. Right, because he, he goes, uh, it yeah. is heads. We want the ball. And then Brandon Graham just goes, it don't matter. <laughs> into the into the ref's mic. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I, the Bills, if I could pick a team to play against in overtime, Bills, every day of the week. <laughs> it don't matter. Every and day then, of the week. Uh, every day of the week. How every about um, day of the week. last year's first round pick coming on in this game? How about a, a coming out party for Jordan Davis? No, not the, not the Kutztown running back, not the country singer. The Eagles' Jordan Davis had a hell of a game. He tracked down He tracked down uh, Josh Allen on the boundary. He was catching up to him. By the way, um, I want to go back to the Bills real quick. Oh, sure. The best thing they could do is get Stephon Diggs off that football team. What? He is a absolute, You can. Ju- I can just Stop. see it. He is a locker room cancer. He is a terrible culture guy. That I agree with, but his talent's he, undeniable. I don't care. I think it, the fact that you, you see times where it's force-fed to Diggs, by the way, a horrible drop by Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Um, yep. It was either late in the fourth quarter or in overtime. Might have been an overtime. I think it was overtime. I think it was overtime. It was that I mean, overtime that was a, drive. I mean, that was a putrid drop, man. They ended up converting that I mean, you have your series, brother. But... You have your brother just absolutely slandering your team on Twitter. Like, or, sorry, X. Um, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Stephon Diggs, Bills, you need to get him out of here. You need to get him out of here. I know he's a one number one receiver, and this might be a hot take. I think it is a hot take. But for, for the... Betterment of the team as a whole, get him out. No. This guy has the audacity to complain when your franchise altered the trajectory of his career. He was a number two at best in Minnesota. He comes to Buffalo. He's the second highest targeted receiver in the league. And this guy has the audacity to whine and complain week in and week out. It is I agree. He's a mess, but I don't think they should get him out. I think it's hilarious. Uh, Remember years ago that that Hale Murray... 
right? Right before that, Stephon Diggs had the, well, not the biggest touchdown of his career. I can think of one bigger. Yeah. But the biggest Buffalo touchdown he's had, right? And uh, <laughs> the cameras, right, as he scores, he goes, um, he goes, uh, that's why you pay me. That's why you pay me. That's why I came here, right? And then <laughs> Kyler Murray goes down and just wipes it away. Yeah, DeAndre like, Hopkins with yeah, the, the one of the better catches we've seen. Yeah, exactly. He just gets best. It's like every time this guy, um, Every time this guy seems like he's he's done something, it just gets wiped away. It's hilarious. Every time he opens his mouth, dude, he does the mocking of the Eagles with like the flapping of the wings. Yeah, yeah. Like this guy's a clown, dude. I'm yeah, sorry. He Stephon is a clown. Diggs is a certified he clown. He digs man. his own grave. Like it, That's a good one. Yeah. It's so, just I don't know, man. One more player I do want to comment on uh what was thought to potentially be a locker room cancer, uh, but has been anything but uh Jalen Carter. Had an amazing game, and I hope he's okay. He went out for a little while in this game. I believe he came back, though. Um, I mean, just pressuring all day, in the middle of the run defense all day. Had a blocked field goal. Jack, this guy can do it all. Jalen Carter, ninth-round pick, or ninth overall pick. I'm sorry. Uh, he's been He was outstanding yesterday. So credit to some of these interior guys for the Eagles. Fletcher Cox went down. Uh, they, had to, they had to step up. They were missing some bodies at, this, at points in this game. They were missing Carter. They're missing Cox. Cunningham went out, one of their leading tacklers. So. And uh, they fought through it, and they get a much-needed win to stay two games up on the Cowboys and Niners, who they will play in consecutive weeks coming up. Bring me Brock Purdy. We'll talk about that on the Wednesday show. All righty. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, we got so caught up in the Bills-Eagles conversation, I forgot to read the notebook. Uh, but from the KR Notebook, attention KU students, did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutztown.edu forward slash UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, we're going to step aside for the first time first time in hour number two. When we come back, we're going to shift our focus to college football and the MLB. A couple of uh, free agent signings to touch upon. Um, yeah, we'll be back after this here on Heavy Hitters on KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Goodstown University, KUR Goodstown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley, hour number two. We're wrapping up our NFL discussion. Ravens take down the Chargers on Sunday night. We were talking all things Eagles Bills before the break, though. Um, but like I mentioned, the Ravens take down the Chargers in a slugfest on Sunday night football. Um, thank you, Zay Flowers. 20 to 10. Um, not an impressive game offensively for either side. No, but the Ravens' defense continues to wreak havoc. This game was actually thirteen to ten, but Zay Flowers just decided to keep on going after he got the first down. The Brandon Staley experience is one that continues to just be so painful for the Chargers. Four turnovers in this game. Eckler and Allen both fumble. Herbert uh, throws an interception, and I don't know who else fumbled. Say Allen threw an interception. No, Herbert. Oh. I said Allen and Eckler fumbled. and uh, I thought you said Eckler and Herbert fumbled and Allen threw an interception. I don't know. I'll we'll have to roll the tape on that one. Ran, I may be I, wrong. I ran through that so fast in my own head I might have jumbled the names. But Allen like, and Eckler funny. fumbled. Herbert threw an interception. Uh, I didn't even watch this game, so I don't know how the fourth I turnover did. happened. Uh, but Baltimore went to 20-10. They're 9-3. They are the one seed in the AFC. Good for them. Look, this is a legit defense, man. One of the, one of the best defenses in, in, in football. They are truly incredible. Um yeah, Baltimore. And you're, you're seeing the yeah, offensive. You're seeing, uh, you're seeing a good team versus a bad team play in its effect, uh, and you see the turnovers 
from the Chargers be the biggest difference in this one. Yeah, the Ravens should have won by more, but you're seeing an offense that took a took a hit when they lost one of their best playmakers in Mark Andrews. So to be expected, they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, Isaiah Isaiah likely should fit into this this team pretty well, though. Uh, I've always liked him as a as a tight end, but it's going to be tough to replace one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. And it's it's because that's the the position that I feel like a lot of teams don't have a, a matchup for, right? You can have corners, right? Safeties that that play the the best wide receivers well and can lock them down. We saw it last uh, Super Bowl, right? That's what J, uh, Travis Kelsey. The Eagles didn't have an answer, right? You see it when the Niners play. Some guys just can't cover Kittle. Um, so it's what teams lack in the NFL, and losing a big uh, big tight end like that could be the difference between a ring and no ring. Uh, I thought they should have put up more points, but uh, the Chargers' defense actually came to play. Like I said, 7 of their 20 came uh, when the game should have been out of reach. Zay Flowers should have just gone down. He did not. Big run in the final minutes of this one. So an interesting an interesting game, one that I, I guess was closer than I imagined. Also worth, not maybe not worth noting, but the, the Rams blitzed the, the Cardinals in an NFC West battle. Um, battle of uh, mediocre over there. Jack still has a chance to hit on his two-win Cardinals season. So. I do. Uh, let's go Monday night. We have an NFC North battle. We talked about the Lions-Packers already. The other two. We got uh, the whoa, whoa, Vikings-Bears. And the only relevant thing about this is, A, if you're looking at who gets the top draft pick, and B, uh, can the Vikings keep keep their hat in the ring in this uh, playoff picture? Pastor not, baby. It's gonna it's getting done. Vikings are winning this game. Yeah, Vikings are going to win this game. Uh, is Jefferson back? No, no. And they're bye weeks next week, so he'll be back week fourteen. He'll be back week fourteen. One more week. One more week without Justin Jefferson. Joshua Dobbs gets the start for the Vikings at quarterback. I expect them to win this game. Some crazy things can happen in these divisional matchups. Not this time. Not this time. The no. Bears are too bad of a football team. Yeah, last week proved it. Yes, it, yes, it did. So. Even when you, even when you think they have a good chance to win, they still find a way to lose. All righty, let's move on. A lot of like the Bears. A lot of college football to talk about. A bittersweet weekend of college football. We're getting close to the playoffs, but playoffs. It was the end of multiple, multiple things that we've been so accustomed to. It was the final week of the Pac-12. Um, it was. Weird. So I'm confused. I know that some teams are moving to the Big Ten. Is that like being totally dissolved? Oh, yeah. Done. So over. Done. So all over. of the teams are done. It's over. There's two teams that, that are left. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's not much of a conference. Max, a mass exodus. Uh, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC went to the Big Ten. Those are some good teams. That's not good for Penn State. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. Um, who, am I, who else am I forgetting? Uh, Washington Utah? State? Nope. They, them and Oregon State are the only those two that are the didn't only, move. Wow, those are the only two that didn't so move. Interesting. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. Why am I blanking here? Colorado. Colorado. Yes, Colorado's moving to the Big 12. Nice. Uh, they're going back to the Big 12. Um, why am I blanking here? Not sure, buddy. Um, I am just having... That's eight. You got nine, uh, ten. Oh, and Stanford and Cal are going to the ACC. Gotcha. That's so. crazy. It's gonna be weird with all the travel that that induces now. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't love that. Like, of all, like the Big Twelve moves make sense. Like, because Utah and Arizona, those aren't that far from like Texas and Nebraska and all that stuff. Yeah, like that's that. fine. That's the Southwest like the furthest, United States. Like the furthest east they're gonna have to go is like Cincinnati and West Virginia. Like that's yeah, some West decent Virginia's, travel. West Virginia's bad. Like, West like Virginia's that's some decent travel. But like, it's not like it's it's um, you know UCLA going to have to play Rutgers. I mean, like that's cross country. 
I, like I full guess cross. Like that's Rutgers coast to coast. Rutgers West Virginia aren't that bad. Like that's coast to coast. What? West Virginia's right. You no, know, I'm do talking you know about where U- West Virginia is. No, I'm talking about UCLA and Rutgers. That's what I'm saying. But the difference between going to Rutgers and going to West Virginia is just about the same. From, from California. To Utah. No, to Rutgers or West Virginia. Like it's not that much of a difference. No, no, no. That, 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 yeah, but those two teams don't have to play each other. Some West teams are going to go play Rutgers, and then some West teams are going to go play West Virginia, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's like the same thing. But like that's. I mean, there's still a couple hours between those schools, like Arizona and UCLA. But when you're coming on a plane, though, it yeah, I guess. adds like I twenty know. minutes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, more than twenty minutes, Steve. Yeah. Dude, a twenty minute flight is like a hour drive. Not even. No, I mean well, twenty twenty minute flight. About so what? It's like a forty five minute flight miles. from like Philly to Pittsburgh. Uh, but that's like a four and a half hour. No, because most of the time, hours. most of the time for those for the short flights is the takeoff and landing sequences. When you're actually like in flight already, it's much quicker. Yeah, heavy hitters breaking down the inner workings of the airline industry. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> I don't. I don't. We Do you don't know have... what I'm like. I won't focus on. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In a, in yes. In a nutshell, I do. It's quicker. All right. Uh, biggest game on Thanksgiving. The only game on Thanksgiving. The Egg Bowl between the Mississippi rivals. Ole Miss takes down Mississippi State seventeen to seven. By the way, for Mississippi State, congratulations on them finding their new head coach, Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator of Oklahoma. Signs a five-year deal to be the next Bulldogs head coach, um, leaving one incoming SEC program in Oklahoma to join a long-standing SEC program in Mississippi State. So the Bulldogs have found their next head coach. Congratulations to Jeff Levy there going to Mississippi State. Uh, bringing a new aspect to the Egg Bowl rivalry and uh, Mississippi State as a whole. So we'll see where what he's able to do there uh, with that program. Um, let's move to Black Friday. Um, you know, Black Friday is known for big deals and shopping. Uh, and Oklahoma and TCU's offenses found some big deals. They were cashing in quite frequently in this game. 69-45, the Sooners big deal. take down the Horn Frogs in a typical Big 12 showdown. Uh, games with lots and lots of offense. Uh, Oklahoma 10-2. Fortunate for them, though, no uh, Big 12 title game appearance. No rematch of Womp Womp them in Texas. So it'll be Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy's group going to play the Longhorns in the Big 12 title. But good season for Oklahoma, 10-2. and two. Uh, Much improved under year two, uh, in year two of Brett Venables, his time in Norman, Oklahoma. All right, let's keep moving on. Iowa is going to the Big Ten title game to get throttled by Michigan. We'll talk about that game <laughs> coming up. 13-10, battle of the hopeless offenses. Good for Iowa to be able to outlast him in this one. Um, ooh, Final Friday thoughts. Mizzou. Arkansas, probably one of the better stories in all of college football. That's not going to get talked about a whole lot. Cody Schrader, the running back for the Mizzou Tigers, not going to get talked about a whole lot, but he put up just under 1,500 rushing yards this year, did the senior. He was a Division II transfer, went to Truman State, walked on at Mizzou, became the starting running back, and had a phenomenal year, the St. Louis, Missouri native. An incredible story, playing for his home state program. Uh, What a year for him. What a year for the Tigers. They finish at 10-2. and two. They're going to be playing in a pretty solid bowl game. Hats off to Eli Drinkowitz and the Missouri Tigers. That's for, his name? Yeah, that's the head coach. Drinkowitz? Yep. That might be my new favorite last name of all time. Here, let me let me double check. That's amazing. Oh. There's no way it's pronounced like that. Yeah, uh, Drinkowitz. Sorry. Ooh, still pretty good. Yeah, D-R-I-N-K-W-I-T-Z. Yeah, I guess Drinkwitz. there's no other way to... 
pronounce yeah, that? Yeah, Eli Drinkwitz. So. Eli Drinkwitz. Good for him. And a good year for it, Mizzou. They throttle Arkansas 48-14. to Schrader, 217 yards on the ground in that game. A-Sack Schrader? Uh, <laughs> sure. Let's call it. Yeah, he, he had a great story. He deserves a nickname. Um, some more rivalries. Texas took down Texas Tech 57-7 to in an absolute beatdown. Uh, Texas's final Big 12 regular season game. Penn State went up to Ford Field, gave the Spartans a good old-fashioned beating in a in a rivalry game no one cares about yeah i don't really think this is a rivalry. no they try to make it one they yeah. get it like its own trophy no one thinks about this as a prominent rivalry no i can guarantee you Absolutely. even even the casuals of the sport uh 42 nothing penn state wins um another 10 win season for james franklin oregon whoops up against oregon state 31 7 um good for the ducks 11 1 they'll be getting a rematch with washington on friday and the pac-12 title will preview that on the wednesday show all right let's move to saturday Let's talk about the biggest game of the day. It's called The Game for a Reason. Michigan, for the third year running, takes down Ohio State 30-24. to Gus Johnson, Joel Clapper on the call on this one. Um, this was an exciting game all the way through. An exciting game right down to the end, exactly what you would expect between these two teams. Uh, it was a Kyle McCord interception that was ultimately the dagger in this one. Uh, is this the dagger? Yes, it, it was. It was. Uh, Last-minute interception thrown by McCourt. Ended it. Ryan Day, and that was a three-game losing streak against the Wolverines. No Jim Harbaugh, no problem. The Wolverines are going to go back to the Big 12, uh, Big 12, Big 10 title game to take down Iowa. Again, again, I'm saying that now. There's absolutely 0% chance that Iowa wins this game. Ought to be Michigan going back to the playoff. Uh, good for them. 12-0 through all the uh, scandal and all the distractions that have surrounded that program. They've stayed focused. Um, they're the Patriots of college. They're twelve and zero. Yeah, cheaters. So that's all I got to say about that. In the Michigan side, they win it. Um, McCarthy was efficient, sixteen of twenty, uh, 148 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, he he did what he had to do. He didn't turn the football over. Uh, and Blake Corum took him the way on the ground, eighty-eight yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then on on the flip side for Ohio State, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. limited, to, you know, only five catches, but one hundred eighteen yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had a good game as well. Maserati Marv. Uh, but for the Buckeyes, just not enough to be able to get it done. Uh, the two big interceptions uh, from, from Kyle McCord, one that led to the first Wolverine touchdown on a Blake Horm touchdown run, uh, and then the last one to end, to end the game. So that was it. Turnovers was the defining marker. Two for Iowa State, none for Michigan. That'll happen. And to lose a game by only six points when you play such high-quality competition, you turn the ball over, you lose a uh, turnover about a two to nothing. Um, you know, Ohio State was uh, fairly lucky to be in it for this long. Nah, no, I wouldn't say lucky. I, I thought so. It. They outgained Michigan. Everything else in the statue was was right there. It, it was a very evenly played game. Um, but again, it was yeah. The Michigan tournament. pulled out a little bit early, and Ohio State fought back. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hate Michigan. Hate Michigan. So do I. It is. I'm uh, not even. And I'm not even a fan of a Big Ten school. I just hate Michigan. I don't. I've always have. As a Penn State fan, my as a as a Penn State alumni, my brother would be happy with this. It's uh, six thirty six p.m. and Michigan still sucks. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's what they do apparently. So so they'll be like, it's hey, you know what time it's? Yeah, it's like one thirty two, and Michigan still sucks. All right. Let's keep moving on throughout the day. Another, it was rivalry week across college football. Kentucky takes down Louisville 38-31. Ray Davis and the Wildcats 
They did it again, man. Devin Leary, not a bad day either. Coming back to the ACC, was formerly at NC State. 206 and three touchdowns and 12 of 22 passing. Ray Davis had 76 and a touchdown on the ground, 51 and two touchdowns through the air. Uh, He is the backbone of this Kentucky offense. And Mark Stoops, uh, they love playing spoiler. They love playing the upset. It didn't matter. Louisville was already in the ACC title game. Um, But drops into a two-loss team and officially eliminates them from the fringe of the playoff discussion. LSU, Jaden Daniels only continues to build his Heisman candidate, uh, his Heisman case, I should say. 235 and four touchdowns through the air, added another 120 yards on the ground at 11 carries. Jaden Daniels is the Heisman winner. I don't get too enthralled and, and too, you know, hung up on the Heisman conversation, but it's not, it's not just, it's not what piques my interest, but Daniels should win the Heisman. That's just my take. So LSU wins at 42 to 30 for those who care. Sorry, LSU's a three-loss team. Um, they, they're pretty much they're out of the playoff race. They're not Libby going to the title game. But yeah, uh, look, LSU has some great athletics, um, gymnastics. Their women's basketball team is really good. So, other departments to care about. Yeah, football has fallen off. I mean, they're not bad. No, but they're not national Just champions. Not their best year. Yeah, not not. It is not 2019 anymore. Nope. So. I wish it was, man. 2019 was a good year. So you like 2019? Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, senior year for you. Yeah. Right? Um, yep. At the start of my senior year. Yeah. So. Nice. All right, let's go to the Iron Bowl. Alabama. Wins. Comes back to shatter this, the heart. This was so stupid. This game was dumb. I hated this game. This came, game was stupid. Came back to shatter the hearts of Auburn fans all in Jordan-Hare Stadium on that fateful Saturday night. It was terrible, man. It was awful. I mean, Catch the punt, dude. Catch the punt. That's not even the worst of it. It's I mean, pretty stupid. I mean, it was bad. It, Don't get it, me wrong. They had the game won. Nothing worse, though, than dropping eight and still having a receiver in single coverage. How does I that mean, happen? I mean, that, that is inexcusable. But again, That's what impossible. Do, but what do we expect from a team who lost by 21 at home to New Mexico State? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, do, 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 do we really expect Auburn to win this game? And honestly, no. I think it's more embarrassing for Alabama to come down to the wire against Auburn. I know it's rivalry games. I know anything can happen. But... I think it speaks more volumes to where Alabama's at uh, than, than, you know, what Auburn's doing here. And again, I got to say this right here, right now. I mean, the narratives that are out about this game. Oh, oh, Alabama thrillingly outlast Auburn. No, 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 no. Please stop this insanity. They had to scratch and claw to win a game against a bad football team. That is what Auburn is. They're 6 and 6. They just barely got to a bowl game. They are a bad football team. It came down to a muffed punt and basically a hail mary. The the end of that game completely give paints that picture. Break. They muff a punt, they get single coverage when they drop eight guys and give up a fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. And then the end of the game, I mean, what was that? Uh they fumble into their you know, they throw a Oh, my goodness. Peyton Thorne gets sacked. Then last play of the game, I don't even know what they tried to do. They turn it over. Defensive touchdown for Terry and Arnold in Alabama. It was catastrophic ending for, for, for Auburn. Just embarrassing. It was disgusting. Get off my TV. They're, they're not a good football team. Congratulations to Alabama, though. Uh, they, they stay alive in the playoff race. They're going to meet Georgia next week. Um, and that's that. So, good effort from Jalen Milrow and uh, the Alabama offense. But... With that, we're going to step aside one final time today. When we come back, we will round out our college football discussion and touch upon some of the free agent signings that happened in the MLB over the past couple days. Don't go anywhere here on Heavy Hitters. Welcome back in one final time to this edition of Heavy Hitters. We are your hosts, Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, 
And uh, we just, uh, we're talking college football. We talked NFL. Go Birds. Got my Fly Eagles fly shirt on under this winter jacket. That's disgusting. Because it's so cold. Hey, no one asks. Uh, no one asked you. So, we'll talk about MLB signings in a, in a second here. But uh, any other college football news? By the way, there's still time to get in. 610-683-4058. Although I will say, I'm rather comfy right now. So, getting up to answer the phone. I don't know about that. But call in anyway. <laughs> you can call in. I will begrudgingly. Not kidding. I will happily answer your phone calls. We'll get your opinions here. Um, NFL, college football, MLB, anything else? Um, so. College football. Hats off to Coach Jed Fish of, of Arizona. I mean, what he's done with this team, third in the Pac-12, 9-3. and three, They whoop up the, against their rivals, Arizona State, 59-23. Uh, quarterback Noah Fafita. Fafita? Um, I like Fafita. 527 yards and five touchdowns in this game. Um, so heck of a game for him. Uh, McMillan, their top wideout, 266 yards on 11 catches and a touchdown. I could have done better. Um, how about this? How about the Wildcats, man? Uh, they are an everything scorer now. Football is firing on all cylinders. One of the best college basketball teams in the country. They are top five there. Love what they've got with head coach Tommy Lloyd, Caleb Love, um, Jalen Bradley coming off the bench there. They got Pella Larson. Um, love, love what the Wildcats have on the, on the hardwood. Uh, you know, college basketball, very good team. Um, very high on them in the early goings. All righty. Um, let's keep moving through some college football updates that happened over the weekend. Um, BYU, Oklahoma State, a thriller. Double OT to get the Cowboys, to get the Pokes uh, to the Big 12 title. 40-34, to 34, double OT. They outlast BYU in a thriller. It was an Ollie Gordon two-yard touchdown run to cap it off for the Cowboys. He's one of the best running backs in America 34 carries, a buck 66 on the ground, five touchdowns for him. Ollie Gordon having an incredible year, uh, over 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns, averaging 6.4 yards per carry. He's going to be a big factor next week if the Cowboys want to upset the Longhorns in the Big 12 title, the final Big 12 title game that will feature Texas. So terrible. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if you wanted to add No, I, I, I didn't. No, so okay. last one. So terrible. Yeah. So sad. But that's uh, that's how the business goes, you know. It's all a money thing. Circling back to Auburn, though, uh, real quick, that game that was the final SEC on CBS game, man. Final Iron Bowl after 24 years of partnership, uh, it is done. It'll be weird. Well, they might come back. You know, these deals get redone. No, no, they're moving exclusively to ESPN. Yeah, so yeah, for the next gone. contract. But after that contract, they might come. Yeah, back. but that's a long contract. Got to do some renegotiations. So I don't. Yeah, I'm just saying, might not be the last one ever. Last one for the foreseeable future. That's that's good. I like that. So, well, I don't. It's not like I like it, but yeah. Battle for the Apple Cup. So we're not going to get any more Alabama wins. No, we won't. That's oh, now I'm depressed. No. Nope. Oh, what are we going to get? We're going to get like a what's uh, what is that CBS that did it? Yeah. What are they going to be broadcasting now? Big Ten. No. Oh my God. So we might get a Penn State wins. So you'll get Iowa. Take it on Northwestern <laughs> that no one cares about. No, I'm just kidding. No, now that's... with the scrapping of divisions, we actually might get some really, really cool moments. Which yeah, we, we might done get... years ago. What? Scrapping the divisions. Mm. Like every other major conference is done outside of Oh, the so they're team. actually doing that now. Yeah. Oh. Well, with the influx of four new teams, you have to get lit. rid of them. So. Lit, lit, lit. So Penn State's not going to – oh, we've already had this conversation. Never yeah. mind. Just got reminded. Um, anyway, Washington survives against their rivals, Washington State, 24-21. Uh, game-winning field goal for the Huskies. They do it. They're 12-0. To the Pac-12 title game they go with a rematch against the Ducks. 
Michael Penix didn't have his greatest game. Only 204 yards, two touchdowns. Dylan Johnson, uh, their big-time running back transfer, 82 and a touchdown on 21 carries. They weren't overly efficient offensively. But this Huskies team just finds ways to win. They get it done, 24-21. Georgia, tighter game than many expect against Georgia Tech, 31-23. It was uh, close, yeah. They started pulling away, though. They did. Um, great game for Kendall Milton on the ground. 18 for a buck, 56 and two touchdowns, 8.7 per carry. Uh, really good game for him. Georgia, undefeated again, SEC title game. They meet Alabama on Saturday. We'll preview that on the Wednesday show. Final game in the purple and silver. Have you not purple talked one. about your... Uh... I'll get wow. to him. All right. Uh, Will Howard transferred out of Kansas State. They lost to Iowa State 42-35. Uh, highly... Highly talented quarterback for him, uh, Will Howard for Kansas State. All right, finally, we got to talk about it. Florida State with no Jordan Travis. They were struggling. We're state champs again, man. Taking Quiet. down Miami, taking down Florida. Second year running, getting bragging rights over the rivals. Boo! Florida fails to make a bowl game. LOL. Five and seven under Billy Napier in year two. Uh, Tate Rodemaker took a dirty hit late in the game. My God, that was ridiculous. Third down, he's running, slides down, takes a cheap shot to the helmet uh, from a Florida defensive player, number 23, just forgetting his name off the top of my head. Um, but Brock Lynn, our third stringer, had to come in. He was our second stringer. This game was Travis's out for the season. Um, I like what Glenn's future holds at Florida State. Uh, but Rodemaker did enough, 12-25 for 134 yards. Uh, but Trey Benson, the man of the day, three rushing touchdowns. He is an absolute beast. And then defensively, Florida State, up to the task of uh, some great games from Akeem Dent on the secondary and Jared Verse and Pat Payton, our two edge rushers, making some noise, uh, making the freshman quarterback Max Brown in place of the injured Graham Mertz, um, you know, feel the pressure. Getting sacked, only threw for 86 yards. Um, yeah, FC wins it 24-15. to The Knolls 12-0. They meet Louisville in the ACC title game. Uh, they win, they are in to the college football playoff for the second time. First time since 2014 that they would be in. Are you sure about that? Yes. You're sure they're going to get in? Yep. 13-0, you, you're not holding them out. Mm. Despite what many say, despite the Paul Feinbaums of the world. I think you should be held out. Clown. Yeah, because you're a clown. No, That's I'm not. I'm not a clown. I just look at the team and I go, there's four better teams. So what they've done means nothing. Correct. You're t- so 13-0 thir- so means nothing. Who's your top four? Georgia. Okay, so let's say let's say Georgia beats Alabama. Mm-hmm. Let's say Michigan wins over Iowa. Sure. Let's say we'll we'll throw some chaos in there. Let's say Oregon upsets Washington, um, and Texas wins. One, two, three, four. I'm missing one. Ohio State. No, 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 no. missing conference titles. Games. Oh, 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 oh. Florida State beats Louisville. Michigan beats Iowa. Missing. Um... Texas wins. Oregon wins, and Georgia beats Alabama. Nope, we got all five now. So if Georgia wins, they're in. Michigan's going to win, they're in. Yeah. So it'd be Georgia, Michigan. Um, I would take if let's say Oregon beats Washington in mm-hmm. this hypothetical. Florida State beats Louisville, they're in. So they're thirteen. No, they they be three. Um, the four. I would say would go to to Oregon. You think Oregon? Yeah. Say Oregon loses. Oregon loses. It'd be Washington. You think the winner of that game gets in? Um, yes, I do. What about the Ohio State? No, they're out. Why? Because they're not in a conference title game. Uh, and they Only just... because they lost to the number two seed. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're not in. It totally matters. They played the number two team close. So You lost your quarterback that got you most of your wins. 
We're 13-0. Yes. They took Ohio State in 2014 when they had their third-string quarterback. I don't care. And they were the four, and they ran it all the way to the national championship. Don't care. So that's saying winning games means nothing. I think it means something. No, again, you're thinking in power rating terms. You're rating teams based on what they have. Yes. If that was the case, then Florida State would be out, yes. But we're, we're ranking the teams based on the accomplishments they have. You've had a weak schedule. Who's the best team you beat? Um, LSU and Clemson. Okay. Clemson's not good. LSU's a three-loss team. So who's Alabama beating? I'm not. I'm not campaigning for. I'm campaigning for Ohio State over. I'm campaigning for Ohio State over FSU. Ohio State beat Penn State. Boom. Not that good of a win. It is. Penn State's a two-loss team. How many losses to LSU so who and Penn, Clemson? Who's have? Penn State's best win? Penn State's best win. Uh, who have we beat this year? I gotta remember. Maryland? No, not Maryland. We've had better wins than Maryland. Oh, oh sorry, Iowa. Iowa's probably their best win. It's still a two-loss team. Still a two-loss team. And they and they lost by six points to the number two seed. Ohio State has a better resume than FSU. Oh, my goodness. It's true. When you look at it, it's true. It's true. 13-0 is a blinding stat for you because you're a home fan. I get it. I get it. They can't keep us out. They should. They should keep you out, but they won't because they're losers. You're a casual. I'm not a casual College football casual. I'm looking at it objectively. I'm sitting across from a college football casual. It's okay. Because I think it's stupid that they do this ranking thing in the first place. So. Limit the number of teams. Have an actual league. I got a message from the KRO. And then talk to me. All right. From the KRO Notebook Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event, no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, rounding it out, we're going to move on, talk about some MLB tidbits. Uh, we have some signings to talk about. Sonny Gray, the biggest one of them all, to the St. Louis Cardinals. Three years, $75 An absurd million. amount of money. Absurd amount of money. But he's making more per year than Aaron Nola. So. That's it's a crazy. shorter deal, though. I know. So, but that's what I didn't say as much money. I said per year he's making more. Cardinals are uh, really bulking them on the, on the starting pitching. Uh, well, they, they said that's what they needed. And the reports are they, the they might not be done yet. No, they, they're still looking at a bigger name. So, I mean, they've done, I think they've done a nice job rounding out this rotation, really. Um, they got, you know, now they have Sonny Gray. They signed Kyle Gibson. They signed Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. They have some good depth options here. Uh, I, I think they've done a nice job with this rotation. I think so, they fixed their largely problem. Largely fill it in. Right. They, their big problem was pitching this year. They had, a, they, had a, they had some playmakers on offense. They're going to need to still round out that lineup a little more, but. Um, pitching was the glaring weakness for the for the Cardinals. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, I'm also interested to see where these uh, where these Japanese pitchers land. Uh, interested to see if any of the the big name pitchers get traded. I'm looking at Dylan Cease. Does he get Possibly. traded? Right. So you know, there's a lot still to be. There's a lot of stories still to be told on the pitching market this uh, this off season. It's very interesting. Um, I would still love the Phillies to go trout fishing. I'd like him to be on the market. Dodgers are reportedly interested in both Shohei and Trout, which, oh my goodness, stop. 
how do you see the big names uh, shaking out at all? Um, I think Yamamoto's going to be met when it's all said and done. Stop. I think it'll be met. I think if it gets to a bidding competition. You're just going to sign every Japanese pitcher ever? I think it makes sense. The Mets are in desperate need of starting pitching. They could have a dynamic one-two combination at the top of the rotation with with um, Yamamoto and Sanga. I think, you know, um, Jose Quintana is a great number three. And then you fill in the back end with, you know, maybe a Wade Miley type towards the back end at that five. Um, I think the Mets could be in line to have a good rotation if they get Yamamoto. Yamamoto, Sanga, and Quintana could be really good of you know top three of your rotation, and then you just fill in the back end. I really like what the Mets could be able to do there in terms of filling out that starting rotation. There was a report that came out immediately following the Philly signing. Nola said they're still not out on Yamamoto, despite he, the Nola he's contract. Not, they're not. Think about it, dude. He could be the guy that a pushes this team over the hump, and b we talked about that window closing could could start to reopen that window if they have a, a guy under contract like that. To go with Nola at the top of that rotation for the next five, six years. So Right? That, I, I that's that's what there. that's what this team I, could I, be looking at. Yeah, he's not going there. Why? I, I'd be willing to bet my top dollar that Do he's it. not going to be a Philly. Do it. So uh Jason Award resigns with the Dodgers one year nine million. Um he really resurged himself and revitalized himself going to the Dodgers. They just have that effect on players. I think it's good that he signed a, a one year deal to go back to LA. Uh, Kenta Maeda signs a two-year deal to go to the Tigers. A uh, nice little depth starting pitching move for them. Um, and that is kind of all I have on the... It's been fairly slow so far. Yeah, man. Uh, when, are the, when are the meetings? When do they all pick up? Winter meetings? I think yeah. soon. They might have already... Uh, no, I don't think they started already. No, I think they were actually in early December. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's when a lot of the big names go. But, man, this time already last year we saw some big names get off the board. Really? Yeah. I didn't think it was till the winter meetings last year that we really saw it. No, we've, we've already saw some. Uh, Turner was a winter meetings guy. I think so. all the shortstops were winter meetings. Last year it was like a big deal was like the shortstops. This year it's starting pitching. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Any, uh, any position players you're looking at that uh, could move? Any trades you're thinking involving Mike Trout? I don't know. Two I feel plays. like that's that's a tough developing situation. Yeah, seems like Ron Washington wants to win, and trading Trout would not be a. How is he going to win? Look, his introductory press conference as manager was, uh, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna run the West, or we're gonna, uh, what was it? We're gonna run through the West. You can take that to the bank. What? I think he said. Okay, that's funny. You have the last two. World Series champions in your division, and you are a pathetic franchise, but okay, whatever. I don't know if it's going to be right away. It's going to be never, but, I mean. You know how they can do it? Trade Trout, get an influx of young talent. The, the Phillies can't provide that. Sure they can. Abel, Crawford. An influx of young talent's like five prospects. It's like it's like what the Nationals got for Juan Soto. Sorry, Mick, Mick Abel and uh, Crawford along with the with the veteran is not is not the package to turn around your I'd add your another team. prospect to that. I like throw who? Rojas. They're not going to that doesn't move the needle. Sure it does. The Phillies don't Everyone have, in the world except for me seems to be so high on Johan Rojas. The Phillies don't have the, the the prospect pool I think to be able to give the Angels what they're looking for in a return. We'll see. So. Where do you think Otani's going real quick? Dodgers. 
Yeah, I think that's that's rational. I I always thought he'd be a Met. Otani to the Dodgers, Yamamoto to the Mets. I think Bellinger's a Yankee. Just fits. Uh, Blake Snell, I think he could. Ooh, I think Baltimore would be an interesting fit there. I I like the Baltimore move. Right, they lose Gibson. So I I think I think Snell to Baltimore makes a lot of sense. All right, we got to sign off. We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, enjoy Monday Night Football, Vikings Bears until Wednesday. We're signing out.